Hello, this is Reading with Finus. I am Finus. I'm reading African Myths of Origin today. Today's story is The Pacham and the Beta of the Upper Banu. Follow me at Everything's Just Fine on Instagram to see my illustrations of things. All right, let's get this started. Today's one of them days where I just don't feel like reading. I'm going to do it anyway because, hey, 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 read every day. And if not, I have proclaimed that I would read for you. So here I am, even not feeling like reading out loud, at least. I always like reading, but mm, not always out loud. It's work. This is Velvety Voice. It's, it's work. No, let's get this started. <clears throat> no work at all. This first paragraph about it is just like italicized, and then it gets into the story of Nazieno. All right. The Bacham and the Beta of the Upper Benu. The Bacham and the Beta were groups closely related by language and culture, living on either bank of the Upper Benu River, close to the border between Nigeria and northern Cameroon. They were part of a large cluster of peoples living just south of the area conquered by the Faluna during the 19th century. It may in some ways have been influenced by them. However, they also preserved their own traditional beliefs and practices. The group were partial although with strong evidence of relatively recent mar marital lineal practices. That is the importance of the uterine link in the mother's brother. They were not united in large political units. Subsistence was deri derived from a combination of agriculture, millet and sorghum, some livestock and hunting. The coat of Nazino, common of the Bachama, Bachama and the Beta, was essentially a raincoat associated with agriculture fertility. These accounts are retold from the work of British colonial administrators published in 1931. Colonials with the with the history again. All right, Nazianos. Venin was the mother of the gods. She came from heaven, although it is not said when or how. And on earth, she gave birth to five sons. Her brother was Woon, the god of death, and he also came down from the heavens and settled on earth. Venin's fifth child. Nazinzo gave her the most trouble in childbirth. He spoke to her repeatedly from the womb, giving her instructions and finally asking her if he could be born. Although the full term of, of months had not been completed, I cannot help you, his mother told him, but if you can find some way for yourself, you may try it. After she spoke, a huge lump formed on her thigh, swelling until it was the size of a small child. Then the skin split and Nazino emerged. From birth, he could walk and talk, and he performed wonderful tasks. For instance, he noticed how the flies bothered his mother and the other members of the household. And so he collected all the flies of all sorts, the little fruit flies, the middle-sized horse flies, the large biting flies, and enclosed them in a calabash, which he st st stooped, stopped, up, uh, stopped up securely. 
he left the calabash before his chamber, telling his older brothers that they should not open it while he went to bathe in the river. But they were scornful of their younger brother and suspected that he had prepared something to eat and, or drink. So they opened the calabash, outswarmed the flies, free to afflict the people once more. And Nazianzo never again tried to do away with them. Venon at one point decided she should visit her brother Woon to buy some cattle from him. She took her four older sons, but decided to leave the youngest, Nazianzo, at home. He thought this was a bad idea and feared that they might get into trouble, so he secretly followed his mother and his brothers. Venon and, and the four boys reached Woon's home after a short trip, and Woon greeted them warmly. He had four daughters, close in, the, close in age to the boys, and he told the children to play together while he and his sister discussed the selection and price of the cattle. Later in the day, as dinner was being prepared and served, he built a large fire at one end of his compound, and over it he hung a large metal pot, which he filled with water. After dinner, he sent the children to sleep in the children's hut, while his sister was given her own place, and Woon retired to his own chamber. It was in the dark of the night that Nazenzo arrived at Woon's settlement, and he looked carefully around the area, nothing at large, uh, nodding the large fire and the big pot. He made his way to the children's hut and found his brothers laying in a row, and nearby Woon's daughters slept covered by a loose sheet. Let us take some precautions, said Nazenzo to himself, and he removed the loincloths from his sleeping brothers and draped them over the hips of Woon's daughters. And he took the sheet from the daughters and spread it over his brothers. Then he waited. In the middle of the night, Woon came into the dark hut. He felt the, the first bodies he encountered. They were Venon's sons, but covered by his daughter's sheet. I told the girls to sleep at the back of the hut, muttered Woon, and he carefully made his way past the sleeping boys to the second group of children. He reached down and touched. There were there were the loincloths. These, he thought, were the four sons of Venon. One by one, he picked them up and took them into the iron pot where the water was now boiling. He tossed them in. When he finished, he returned to his chamber and went to sleep. When all four sons, when all four Woon's daughters were bowling away, <laughs> so sorry. Nazano Nazinzo woke up his brothers and showed them how they were narrowly escaped, becoming a meal for their uncle. Then he woke up his mother and told her what had happened. Secretly, they all slipped away from the settlement and began the journey to their home. In the morning, Woon woke up and looked around. He could not find his daughters and his sister was not in her hut. He looked more carefully into the pot and understood what had happened. He had been tricked. He quickly located the tracks left by Venon and her sons and followed them. When he saw Nazanzo, he hurled a river uh, to block the path. But with a few words, Nazanzo made the river shrink down to the size of a stream so that he and his brothers could leap over it. Then Woon hurled a charm that became a great swamp before them. But again, Nozenzo spoke a spell and the swamp became a puddle of water. So they escaped wound. Although now Rome's 
Although he now roams free in the world to kill people, from that time on, Nazanzo's brothers acknowledge that though he was the youngest, he was the most powerful of them. Nazanzo is also responsible for the development of canoes. Although this came at some cost, he was sent out to the herd to herd the cattle, and his grandmother came with him. As the heat of the day increased, she asked him to let her rest. And so he found her a place in the tree where she could rest. And he gave her a gourd with some fresh milk. Then he drove the cattle on. While she was waiting through the noontime, a hippopotamus came by and saw the gourd. The hippopotamus demanded some milk, but the gourd was empty. The woman had drunk it all. She could not offer any to the great animal and showed him how the gourd was empty. But this simply made the impatient hippopotamus more angry. And so it pushed against the tree with all its might until the tree toppled over. And then it trampled the old woman to death. Damn. On his way back to the camp, Nazanzo returned to find his grandmother. It was clear that what had happened. She lay dead among the shattered limbs of the trees in the tracks of the hippopotamus led towards the river. Nazanzo followed quickly uh, after the killer and soon found him. Immediately, he hurled his spear and pierced the animal through the heart. As the hippopotamus was dying, it uttered a curse, promising that any humans who tried to cross the Banu River by swimming would be attacked by hippo hippos. This was why Nazanzo devised a canoe for the people. Venon eventually died, although it is not said how, and she became the object of a ritual cult. Her four sons also became divinities. They are Ham a Bulky, Hamajinin, Nibarib, Rim, and Gibeso. And none of their cults is so important as that of Nizanzo, which is based out uh, based at Far. Nizanzo settled there after living for a time in. Kololi. In Kololi, he was kept awake at night by the harsh and constant croaking of the frogs, so he built a great iron canoe and traveled to Fair. And that is the end of that story. That was a good one. It was, you know, ups and downs, hippopotamus, trampling grandmothers, pots, boiling, well, wound boiling his own daughters, you know. Nice. Um... Thank you for listening. This is Reading with Finest. Come back next week, or not next week, tomorrow. I'll be reading some more for you. Hey, hey, read every day. If not, I'll be that guy. All right. Thank you. Follow me. Everything's is fine. Ba-do-ba-ba-da-da-da-ba-da-da-ba-ba-ba-da-da-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba